Thank you guys for, it's great to have young people leading in worship. Give them a little hand. Oh, amen. Thank you. It's all, it's encouraging to me to see youth in the church and see youth being involved in the, in the things of the Lord. And, um, I was thinking about how privileged I am to be a father and to be, have four children. We're all, we're all proud of every one of them. Our goal in life is to honor the Lord in our own heart. And our goal is to lead our family, our children, encourage them in their faith. And that's our goal. That's just plain and simple, isn't it? But many times we're challenged by by stuff that happens in the world around us, the things that pull on people's hearts. And, uh, I'm going to use the Old Testament character in the book of Job, okay? <laughs> How many, when's the last time you read in Job? It's a bit of a challenge to read Job. If you, you go through all the way to the end, it gets better. He, he's, he goes through a big trial with his health. He loses his family. He loses his income. He basically loses everything that he had going for him. And God allowed him to be tested, to be, I would say the word, almost like tortured. He was in deep pain with his sores and all this stuff going on. He got to a point where he almost, I could say he was a little getting a little frustrated because God wasn't, you know, supposedly God wasn't listening to him. Ever been there? Uh, maybe a time or two. It just seems like God is God isn't listening to our prayers sometimes. But you know what? God is always working. I looked at it. I look at it a couple of ways. God is working the whole sick picture together that we don't always see the, the other end. We don't always see what he's working over here so that he can work things over here. He cares about those people over there just as much as he cares about your family here. So what am I saying? God is in charge. And so Job is, is a father, and I'm going to use this text to start us out today. I'm going to call this message a father's heart, okay? So my goal today is to encourage fathers. And how many are, you know, you've got empty nesters. You've got some empty, you've got some, you've got some guys. It's been a long time emptiness. And here you go, yes! Well, I'm not totally empty nesters, at least for now. The two daughters are here at here for the summer. It's just great to have you guys home. And we are so proud of our children. I mean that. And you are proud of your children. But one of the things that sometimes is the hardest for a father is know that their children are going through a hard time and you can't really fix it. Right? You wish maybe you could fix it. You remember when they maybe fell off their bike when they were little and you kind of would pick them up and maybe 
carry him along and nurture him along a little bit and say, ah, you'll be okay, it's just a scratch. You know, blood's running down the kneecap, you know, it's... It's great, it's always fun to be there for your kids. But guess what, the day comes when you can't always be there and you won't always be there. So what needs to happen? We need to transfer the father, as an earthly father, we need, to be trans, we need to transfer our children to the heavenly father. Because he will be there. He's the father who doesn't leave us. But a, here's the challenge. Some people don't, didn't have the privilege or don't have the privilege of growing up with a, a good father. And my heart goes out to you. Some people are struggling in life because they didn't have the nurture, they didn't have the father that they needed in this life. And so I encourage you to seek the Heavenly Father, at least. Seek the Heavenly Father. And then let God raise up people around you in your life to help fill in some of the voids. I believe the Church of Jesus Christ can help the homeless, can help the people that are struggling because we, too, must reach out to people that are hurting around us. So Job is just doing great. The first chapter, the first few verses, here he is just excited about his family. He, he lists some things that he was, he was a man who was, was blameless. Verse 1, he was upright, fearing God. He would, might think that Job was perfect, but that's not the case. It's just that he had a heart for God because he, we understand that he realized that we sin. Because in a couple of verses down in verse 5, after his children were having a feast, they were actually celebrating probably a birthday party or two, one or two, and he, he says to, in this verse, verse 5, when the days of feasting had completed their cycle, that Job would send and consecrate them, rising up early in the morning, offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. That's amazing. That's an amazing verse. That's an amazing story. As Job is concerned about the spiritual welfare and the well-being of his children, he does not want them to go on the wrong path. So Job intercedes for his children. Let me say this, fathers. Fathers, intercede for your children. Grandfathers, intercede for your, your, your grandchildren. Maybe you have great-grandchildren. You as a father have the privilege, like none other, to lift their names before Jesus. I believe the Father, the Heavenly Father, looks down to see the earthly Father and that we would combine their hearts together, that together they can have a father's heart. My goal today is to encourage the fathers here. Maybe it'll also encourage mothers as well, or people in general, that we would have a heart after God. We would have the wisdom, the Father's heart, the Heavenly Father's heart, to be able to discipline, be able to encourage. Now when I say discipline, I mean something like encouraging the children. Encourage them. 
maybe you have some methods, but may God give us wisdom how to bring our children up in the fear and respect and the admonition of the Lord. You know, I'm thinking about this. What's the best way to teach our children dance? What's the best way? Let me say this. I think the best way, I think the scripture's plain on this, that we must show it. That we must live it first. That we must, by our action, that we must demonstrate in the home life that it comes out of us because we have the heart of the Father in us that reaches out. We're, we're concerned for our children that they will grow to know you. One of my prayers I've prayed over the years many times is, Lord, help my kids to have tender hearts. I think it's a great prayer. I think it, it will help them if they have a tender heart to be able to receive from God. They will be more teachable. They have a tender heart. They will have more compassion on people around them. They will have a forgiving heart. And so Job is acting as the priest of his family. That's a, that's a, big, that's a big word. The priest of his family. He's offering sacrifices just in case See, I don't want to know necessarily all the things. I don't have to know all the details of what my children have been up to. I just need to keep praying to God. See, they're, they're, one of the hardest things to do is to let, let go and let God. I believe our goal is to help our children learn to hear for themselves what the voice of the Lord is saying. If they will get on that path, they will be much more successful. Because here's the truth of the matter. I won't always be around. Well, well right? It happens. The time of this life is short. Our goal as Father is to live in such a way that they will remember what would Dad do in this moment. What would Dad say in this moment? That ought to be our goals as Father. So I was thinking about it. I was thinking about my own father. Lindy, you might remember this. Maybe you were with me, with Lenny and I. I don't know if you remember this or not, but it was a Sunday evening. We had went to church. We were coming back from church. It was in the spring of the year. And when the farms out where we grew up, we had real, real winters then. Back in the 70s, early 60s, late 60s, early 70s. I was just a boy. And we get to this corner, and the road is covered with water. And so dad, he just kind of eases it along, and all of a sudden, about halfway through, it was about a stretch, about as long as this church, the, the car stalls because water must have splashed up on the engine and probably shorted out the, 
you know, my thinking is shorted out the distributor cap. So what does dad do? He gets out of the car. We're sitting and there's water coming in. We're just sitting there. What are we going to do? Well, dad gets out. Doesn't Nobody asked him to do it. He gets out. He rolls up his legs, pant legs, and gets to, you remember this, Linda? You were, you were there? And all we could see were the white, the back of his white legs. You know, he rolled up, walking through that cold water. And that was my dad. What else were we going to do? We didn't have a cell phone to call anybody. He probably walked home and got the tractor or got some other vehicle. He rescued us. Just one of the stories that came to mind. You see, when your children are in trouble and you can do something about it, the father wants to do something about it. And that's exactly the gospel and the message that we read in Scripture. The Father in heaven looked down on this earth they only see problems and people failing to get it and doing it in their own way and trying to satisfy life with only things that couldn't satisfy, getting into all kinds of problems and troubles. And God says, I will send my son to rescue them. For God so loved the world he gave. And so the message of the gospel is hidden. It's, it's to be unearthed, so to speak. It's to be found throughout the Old Testament. You will find scripture after scripture that are windows to the New Testament. And you see that it was in the heart of the Father to save his children, to rescue them. For they have gone astray. They have fallen into sin, they have been deceived, the old deceiver. And so if anything, fathers, we have a responsibility to pray over our children. Oh, what a blessing it is to call their names individually up before the throne of heaven. Name their names. If you have grandkids, name their names. Call their names out before the throne room. Because the Father in heaven is looking for someone who will pray, who will stand in the gap. And maybe we don't see the results right away. Just keep on. Job understood the potential that we have to lose out with God if we continue on an unrighteous path or a sinful path. But he also understood the potential that we have if we'll stay on the right path with him. I don't think any parent expects their children to be perfect. No, 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 no. But I really, really feel blessed when children respond and want to obey. And they want to they want to be able to go out. Let me reword that. Your children will be able to go further because a father 
who love them, a father who loves them, is proud of them. And it can be the greatest thing for a child growing up. They may not realize it then, but when they get older, they realize what they had at home, what they had, how blessed they were. And I believe the greatest influence whether negative or positive comes from parents. And I say parents because it, it works both ways. But especially the father. What a privilege and also a responsibility that the father has to live his life in such a way. It's much like the chapter we read a bit ago, a few Sundays ago, the first Peter chapter 5. Remember where the, Peter was talking about pastors, elders, those who teach in the church. They are to lead by example, not lording it over those allotted to their charge, but proving to be examples. You can tell a person how to do it, tell them and tell them and tell them until they see it. You or I, they're not going to catch it. Or what makes matters worse, if we tell a person how to live and then we, do this, we, do, we don't live that way ourselves, this is not going to fly. You're right? It just doesn't make sense. This doesn't add up. We are not here to confuse people. We are here to infuse people. Wow. Wow. We are not here to confuse people, but we ought to be here to infuse. Now, what does that mean, Pastor? What are you talking about? Well, my wife would say it this way. You can't lead a horse, well, you can lead a horse to, wa- to the water trough, but you can't make them drink. But she would say, but yeah, but you can put a salt tablet in their mouth. Anyway, she's from the farm. She comes up with the stuff. I don't know where she got that. That's pretty good. A salt tablet. So we get thirsty, right? Salt? When's the last time you had salt, a taco or something? Kind of salty. The first thing you want is a drink, right? You know, them Doritos, they're the worst. They're just like packed. Barbecue, ranch. I like chips too. Shouldn't eat them. But I'm making a point. How can we encourage someone to press toward the Lord? What will motivate them? Let me ask you this What motivates you? What stirs your passion? Let me ask myself, what is it that spurs me on? I would say this, when I see someone else that's going all out for the kingdom of God. When I see someone else on fire, passionate for the things of the Lord, then I say, I want to be more like that. If we have a parent that's like that, and that they're being uh, led by the Lord, not to be pushy or anything like that, not to expect things because, just because we are, but just because out of the, 
out of the genuineness of their heart. They want to love God no matter what else, no matter what other people think. I'm going to love God. I believe it will pay off. I already told the dad on uh, the story about the dad, my dad, you know, walking through the water. There's so many other things. My dad hardly said, he hardly said anything, you know. He kind of quiet, kind of like, kind of like me. I was, we, we grew up, we were quiet by nature. Brother and I used to hide under the bed because we weren't sure it was safe if anybody came over. We figured out who it was. We were just that way. But Dad was quiet, but he had a deep, deep, oh, how would you describe it? A personal, deep relationship with the Lord. And sometimes you'd overhear him in his prayer time or his. Maybe he's just singing a song as he's working. It was fun. That sometimes he'd be like talking to himself. You know, I thought he just talks to himself. But the older God, I think, you know, he's talking to God. He's just talking with the Lord. Conversating. There's things that we catch more than we learn out of a reading a book. You're catching what I'm catching. Picking up what I'm laying down. We catch it. We've got to see it. And that's exactly what the gospel is. Jesus. I will become like. I will become a man. In the flesh. I will go down and live among them. I will eat their food. I will endure persecution. Many places where Jesus went, he was not received, especially at the end. But Jesus kept on, stayed on the right path because he knew it was for you and I, because he knew the Heavenly Father was there, going to be waiting for him when he returned back to the heaven and heaven's and that he will be at his right side forever and forever. He will be seated in the honor, the place of honor at his right, right hand. And so this earthly fathering business is a privilege, also a responsibility. Earthly fathers need to understand that their children need to come to know the Heavenly Father. There, that's where we know that they will know the Heavenly Father, that they will be able to go farther than ever anything could ever be imagined. Have you ever found yourself from time to time thinking about something that maybe you you have a hard time asking God about. Because maybe you feel selfish. Did you know that God the Father knows what's best for you? 
If you then, Matthew 7, 11 said, if you then, being evil, he was talking about prayer, he was talking about the things of the kingdom, if you people know how to give gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good? So what's a, where's a good place to start? What do we really have need of? Have you ever thought about asking God for wisdom? That's, that's a good one. Wisdom is different than knowledge. You may understand things, how they work, and wisdom is knowing when, it, when we should do it. Wisdom is maybe saying something that we shouldn't say. Wisdom is like Solomon when he, you know, you remember this classic story when the, the two women had, each had a child and one of the child, the one ch- child dies and the other mother sneaks over and takes, you know, the other child and they, you know, switched. And there was definitely conflict. Remember this story? Remember that Solomon, Solomon asked for wisdom? And he said, get me a sword. Remember the story? It's in the Bible. Cut the child in half. Oh, well, the real mother, the real mom, screams out, no, no, don't do that. Right? He says, Solomon, that's, that's, she's the real mom. Isn't that, isn't that a beautiful lesson? How? See, father, parents, I struggle with sometimes making my happy, making my children always happy. By the way, it don't work. Come on, talk to me. Smile, come on, do something. You can't make your children happy all the time. Right? If you just give them what they want every time, you spoil them. But I have a hard time. I want them to be happy. But I'm learning. It's, now we, we've been short a vehicle, right, Emily? The car that I had, I had, now is the girl's car. A car that I had from last year, it overheated. Right, Emily? And there she sits on the road, overheated. The fluid must have boiled over. I don't want to go into my truck story, so we're down to we were down to one vehicle, Carrie's car, and that's that's in good shape. So we got two daughters at home and they're going different directions. Everything sometimes like comes in on you. And Emily, you were so so mature this week. You were so mature that you, you 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 got along and you were okay, and we were able to get time to fix the thing again and again. 
It's just life. And so, progress. Only, sometimes we want to look, we got to get these kids to this point, or I myself, I want to get there now, Lord. Give me patience, and I want it now. You know, it's, I've learned some things, not a lot, I wouldn't say, but quite a bit. Being a dad. Dads need to believe in their children. Dad, you're probably the greatest influencer. And when you speak words of life, saying something like, I'm so proud of so proud. You're doing what I, I could have never done. I didn't start singing in church till I was 21 years old. I mean, in the congregation. I was just afraid of the sound of my own voice. Right? Then this is, yeah, I remember. And it's, it takes, if it takes a long, longer to get there, so be it. You keep encouraging. You keep taking baby steps or little steps. Start slow and ramp up. And let God lead you and give you the increase. Our Heavenly, Fathers, our Heavenly Father knows what we have need of before we ask him, but isn't it interesting? James said we ask sometimes with wrong motives. So we have to ask ourselves, why am I asking for what I'm asking? Now you're really complicated. Now you're really confused. Don't make it too difficult. Number one is learn to rest. In the Lord, where you're at right now, what you have. Learn to be content. Now, I'm not talking about in our spiritual walk. We're always pursuing. We always need to be trying to press closer. But I'm talking about right now, what is the rhythm? What is the season you're in? Some of us say, I just want to take a nap. We need to rest more. Others are starting out. We can stay up all night and do the stuff the next day. No big deal. Emily didn't catch that one. She just did that. She just did that. You see, I can't compare. Don't get into this trap, parents. Don't. Don't try to expect one child to be like this child because they're like this and they're, you know, that, that don't work. Love everyone individually just as much. Be just as passionate about everyone in that. And so the other day I'm calling my names to my kids to the Lord. And I start to, here's how I do it. I start thinking, oh, where are they at right now? I start thinking, well, where, I don't know for sure where they're at, but where are they at in the season of their life? What are they facing? And here's a clue. I'll give you a clue out of the, the Old Testament book of Job. We didn't read this verse. But 
when Satan came to, t- to ask God for permission to test Job, Look at this verse, chapter 1 of Job. Verse 10. It says, Hast thou not made a hedge about him in his house? And all that he has on every side? That's a, a real clue. Job was praying and interceding that God would put protection on his family. And Satan recognized it was a hedge. He couldn't get in unless God allowed it. And I don't understand why Job had to stop. I don't understand all, only to say this, God knew the outcome. And God knew that Job would, would come through. And God was glorified because at the end of Job's life, he got it all back. He got his family back. He got double of his, of his livelihood back. Friends, parents, fathers, we're in it for the long haul. We say that we're in it for the long haul. Even if I don't see all the prayers answered in my life, I believe God is faithful. The Lord said, the word of the Lord says in the book of Acts, believe on the Lord and you shall be saved in your household. With, if dad will choose to serve the Lord, if mom will choose to serve the Lord, if mom and dad choose to love each other, stay with each other, be there for their kids, our kids have a greater chance that wasn't if that if you didn't have that if you're not you don't have that now i still want to encourage you your father in heaven understands where you're at and he loves you just as much anyway and he has a plan for you and nothing can take that away and so i end with this little parable story not terrible story parable parable i had to clarify that There's two boys. They're getting up there. They're probably in their teenage years. The one boy says, I want my money, Dad. I'm getting out of this old place. So the father says, okay, here you go. That brother went out and found friends. Of course, he had a bag of money. He had all kinds of friends. But the day came when the money ran out. And all of his friends abandoned him. But the day came when he remembered that in his father's house, you guys can start coming up he remembered that in his father's house his servants ate pretty good his servants had food and by this time he was so hungry he was thinking about if he didn't eat the pig food that was provided what is that story all about I think it speaks of the Father's heart. 
The day came when he saw his son coming from a distance. It gives me a clue that his father had been watching for that day to come. Had he gave up, he wouldn't probably have noticed. But he saw his son. And he recognized him. He was dirty. His clothes were shredded. He was broken. And the father welcomed him home. That's a story about you and I being unfit, doing our own thing. And we hit bottom. And we pray the prayer for our children. Sometimes if they've wandered, we pray a prayer something like this, Lord, do what is necessary. Do what you have to do. Those are big prayers. Sometimes God does exactly that. Awaken, awaken someone. And I'm going to close with this. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a person in your family. Maybe there's a person on your mind. And you're praying that they come back. Maybe you're praying that they come to know Jesus in a real way. Let's sing this song in closing. We got a, a song picked out. Who do you say I am? It speaks about the Father and the Father's house and how that He's chosen us. Let's sing that. We'll go go back to prayer in a moment. Stand up and worship with us.